This is the weekly message from Hope Church Malmesbury. We're so glad you can join us. This week's sermon is part of our series, The Promise and the Purpose. We're walking slowly through the Gospel of Luke, verse by verse, promise by promise. Find out more about Hope Church and how to support our ministry at www.thehope.church. I hope this message will help you to see the good purpose that God has for your life and help you to walk in faith and rely on his promises every day. Here's the message. Amen. Um, So at the beginning of this service, we sang a song. Don't go to the crafts yet. I haven't forgotten you. Um, We sang a song about... um, about how they've told a thousand stories of who they think you are. It's one of my favourite songs. I often mention it. Because the thing is, we don't always know who Father God is, but I want you to know that whatever your experience of your dad here on earth, Father God excels that. Okay? So Father God is the perfect picture of a father you could ever draw, think, imagine. Father God celebrates you. Father God knows you deep down in your heart. And he still celebrates you. (laughs) Father God encourages you. Father God helps you. And so we have a testimony this morning of how Father God has been helping a member of our congregation. So she's going to bring that. But as she does, I want you to be thinking, is there something Father God's done for me this week that I want to tell people about? Because actually, it really encourages others to share testimony. And it consolidates something he's done in your life as well. It sets it much more strongly as a memory in your own life as well. Thank you. Good morning. So I belong to a group called Malmesbury Supports Ukraine, which was set up in response to Russia's invasion. And I joined it because it really upset me and I wanted to do something. And I feel very strongly that as Christians, we, our job really is to stand up for truth and stand up for justice and wage war against oppression and help people. So I joined this group. And then somebody says, we could have a concert. Okay, 2004, we did that in Malmesbury to support victims of the tsunami in Indonesia. So we have a precedent for that in Malmesbury. And I, I thought that's something I could do. Is it sensible? I've signed up for Alpha. I'm musical director for Athelstan Players. Our production is in a few weeks. I'm mentoring the director who needs a lot of support because they haven't done it. I'm working 10-hour days in my job. Is it sensible? So I prayed about it. And over two weeks, God sort of really convinced me, yes, you should do it. So I put my name forward along with another teacher called Sally who I didn't know. And um, we decided we would organise and we met middle of April in the old bell. It was a bit like a bit of a blind date. I wished I'd brought a rose because <laughs> I didn't know who I was looking for. Anyway, we hit it off really well. We became really good friends, actually. And um, basically, it was agreed because I've lived in Malmesbury a while. I've got a lot of contacts that I would organise most of the programme. And we decided we wanted to keep it very much in the spirit of giving. So we would make it a donation event, no tickets. So feedback to our lovely group get an email back going, hmm, that doesn't sound very safe. I think you need to be selling tickets. We can control it much better. So didn't sit well with Sally and I. God really convinced me and I had a real strong conviction. No, you do it donation, keep with the spirit. So we sent an email back. Nope, we're not doing tickets. So there we were, 2.40 yesterday afternoon, Malmesbury Abbey, performers ready. And I knew the programme was good. We had our youngest performers were seven. Our oldest were 
in their 80s. We had a really great variety of all the community in Malmesbury, so all the community groups were invited. We were opening with Malmesbury Concert Band playing the Ukrainian national anthem. We were closing with some of our Ukrainian refugees that are with us in Malmesbury singing a folk song, along with an incredible musician called... I'm looking at Michelle because he was amazing, wasn't he? And Lydia. Yeah, called Volodymyr, and I can't pronounce his surname, I'm sorry, but he runs a national theatre in Ukraine, so, and he's an incredible musician, and he closed the concert with a song that he'd written and another folk song, so I knew the programme was good. What we didn't know was, would we have an audience? But you involve God in something and amazing things happened, and it was incredible. People came, and they came, and we put more chairs out, and they came, and we put more chairs out, until it was standing room only. And we have raised, we don't know the final total, we have raised over £2,000. So I just want to say, be encouraged, step out of that boat with God, yeah? involve him. He is a creator. He wants to help. I felt that really strongly all along, you know. And I just want to encourage you, do the same. Amen. Amen. Father God looking after his beautiful daughter there <laughs> when she stepped out. And that's all it is. So does anyone else have anything they want to share what Father God has been doing in their life? This is your opportunity. This is a good opportunity. You only get in a moment. Okay, so what we're going to do is, guys, we're going to watch a video, and then I will open up the craft table. Um, and at the craft table, I will speak it now so that I don't have to interrupt us after the video with it. Um, are you listening? At the craft table, it's perfect for children and their older sisters. Um, <laughs> and um, what, we're gonna, what you've got there is a whole bunch of creativity. It's actually make-it-up-yourself kind of crafts. So there's number one fingers, you can make it for God or for your dad. It's, there's cards, you can make for anyone you want to. There's, um, there's uh, key rings, don't go there yet. It's not time, it's video time first. Um, but what I want to tell you is something else as well. While you're at the craft table, there's a few fun things that might happen during the sermon. So you'll hear this sound, are you listening? And that will give you the clue to look up because you might enjoy what you hear next, okay? So that's just, um, just a little symbol for you. Okay, so let's watch a video and let's celebrate fathers and men generally right now. Why do the chicken coops only have two doors? Because if they had four, it would be chicken sedans. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. What do you call a laughing motorcycle? A Yamaha. <laughs> a Yamaha. <laughs> Who is the greatest babysitter mentioned in the Bible? David. He rocked Goliath to sleep. At what time of day was Adam created? A little before Eve. Get out of here. What do you call a cow with no legs? Ground beef. <laughs> Alright, what do you call a fish with two knees? A two knee fish. Two knee <laughs> I know, it took me a little long. I, 
Late. A cop just knocked on my door and told me that my dogs were chasing people on bikes. My dogs don't even own bikes. <laughs> Did you know the first French fries weren't actually cooked in France? They were cooked in Greece. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote that one? I tried to eat a clock the other day. It was really time consuming. <laughs> mwah, mwah. <laughs> Who was the smallest person in the Bible? Nehemiah. <laughs> Need an ark? I know a guy. <laughs> How does Moses start his morning? Anybody? Hebrews, a pot of coffee. <laughs> nice. Can February March? No, but April May. <laughs> Who was the greatest comedian in the Bible? Samson. He brought the house down. <laughs> yeah. Those are awful. Awfully good. Just like what I grew up with. Excellent. Excellent. So in the spirit of that, there will be dad jokes right through the service from now on. And I have done it exactly the same. So um, actually, I should start the sermon correctly. But Ian, I'm going to use you in a minute, if that's OK, to share our first dad joke. You're going to show us all. A dad. It's OK. You don't have to think it up. It's already written down for you. I've done it exactly the same as on the video, okay? You have the line at the beginning, you don't know where it's going, you open it up and you will find out the, tr the second bit. Is that okay? Excellent. I know who I can call upon. Other men, be ready. I shall be calling upon you <laughs> throughout the service. And before it, you will hear that sound, but I won't do it yet. Okay. Just for the purposes of the uh, audio, I'm going to start again. Good morning. <laughs> Today we have arrived at quite an interesting part of scripture. Truthfully, it's not one I would have picked to use on Father's Day, but it actually works, as you will soon see. However, in the spirit of a fun family service, and in order to lighten the mood here, especially as there's some intense thoughts and things in it, I do plan to take regular dad joke breaks throughout the preaching. So this is what a dad joke break looks like. Dad joke break, Ian. Um, I think I want a job cleaning mirrors. <laughs> it's just something I could really see myself doing. <laughs> oh, dear. Thank you. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. I shall call upon the smallest male in the room a bit later to offer one of them, if he's okay with that, if he likes that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. So, last week we heard about a time... Oh, by the way, you're allowed to do your crafts now. Yes, please. With big sisters as well. There's big sister of acceptable things over there. Okay. Um, last week, we heard about a time when Jesus was accused of operating under a demonic authority. 
when he cast a demon out of a mute man and healed him. And Jesus took those false accusations, and this already is a lesson for us all right now. Jesus took those false accusations as an opportunity to bring truth and revelation about himself to the listeners. So today's passage is very clearly a continuation of that teaching that Jesus brought. Here it is. Luke 11, verse 24 to 26. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places, seeking rest and finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits, more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. This is a sort of parable. By that, I mean it tells a story that gives a teaching message. Okay, so this is the story, in case you didn't catch it. It's a story about a squatter. He has lived in the residence for some time, and then he is evicted. He leaves, and the home is cleaned out and put in order. But nobody else moves in. The house stands empty. The original occupant comes by oh, and sees how much more space has been left. Now the house has been tidied up fully. So he moves back in, and like a good episode of Homes Under the Hammer, he turns it into an HMO, which, for those of you who don't know, is a house of multiple occupancy. But it's actually a disturbing story when you realise the house is a human. The squatter is a demon, and more demons return with him to fill the empty rooms of this human's heart. Okay, now you see how it can get intense really, really quick. So time for a dad joke break. Steve, do you mind? I will only call upon people I think who will come. So if I call upon you, it's because of that. Everyone in Britain prefers brooms over vacuum cleaners when it comes to tidying the floors. You need, you need to get out more. <laughs> Sorry if that's a sweeping generalisation. <laughs> uh, I must say, there is one that's so hard to decipher, you just have to deliver the words on the page and see who gets it. Um, okay. The problem with squatters is that they might try to exercise what they think are their squatters' rights. Did you know that in the UK long-term squatters do actually have real rights, okay? In specific circumstances, long-term squatters can become the registered owner of the property they've occupied without the original's owner's permission. Did you know that? This can be referred to as adverse possession. And Jesus here is telling the story of adverse possession of a demon. And yes, he is making... Uh, a point about demonic possession. Clearly, through Scripture, we see that demons can take up squatting possessions within human being souls. It's real. Dad joke break. <laughs> as soon as it gets intense. Richard, do you mind? <laughs> I 
I would have, I just want to say, I would have actually uh, given this to Gareth, but he's very busy, okay? And people might need that before it comes out of your mouth. Here we go. Right, okay. Deep thought of the day. When you clean a vacuum cleaner, you become a vacuum cleaner. Yes, indeed. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. Empty homes are always at risk of squatters. And uh, actually, I have first-hand experience of this, but I can tell you about that another day. And in Jesus' story, the demon exercises his squatters' rights. Look at verse 24. He says, I will return to my house. What a cheek. The demon didn't build or pay for that house, yet he assumes ownership simply because he's been free to live there for so long. Remember, the house is your soul. So point number one in a four-point sermon is, an empty house is a squatter's opportunity. Fellow human beings, and we are all that here in this room, I believe. Listen to me. We're not designed to be empty. There are many fashionable therapies like yoga, mindfulness, meditation-type worldly solutions to anxious thoughts that ask you to empty your mind in order to gain peace. I think the idea behind that is that in nothing there is peace. But nothing is just that. It's literally nothing. No anxiety, but no peace, because peace is something. An empty mind might give you a break from those anxious thoughts, for sure. But once you start it back up again, all those thoughts are still there, because they never got dealt with. They were just on pause. It's not transforming. Nothing cannot transform something. It can do nothing. It can leave no lasting effect, because it is what? Nothing. Daniel. That joke break. Come and read a joke for me. <laughs> what did the zero say to the eight? That the bell looks that the belt looks good on you. Yeah. <laughs> that belt looks good on you. So let's go back to scripture. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Listen, guys, your mind is never supposed to be empty. It is supposed to be renewed, filled with God's goodness. The way to peace is not an empty mind. It's a full one actively working on purpose, on the right stuff. And the words working and peace don't seem to go together, do they? And yet I promise they do. It is the secret to life. I promise. So let's have a look at Philippians 4, verse 8 to 9, which tells us this. This is what Paul said. He said, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things on purpose. Do it on purpose. Think. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, 
Practice these things. So do something. And the God of peace will be with you. I promise you, I am an anxious type of person with a stress-related disease. I promise you there is peace in thinking on God's things and doing God's things. Fill your mind with proper stuff. Today's story is about the dangers of a spiritually empty human soul. But this is not simply a story to warn of the possibility of demonic possession, which when you first read it, you possibly think it is. (laughs) But God showed me at its core, I think it's a story about something far more suited to Father's Day because it's actually a story about finishing the job. So point number two, oh my gosh, anyone who knows a man is going, yep. Um, (laughs) This might not be, this is a sweeping generalisation, I'm sorry, but I am a daughter, a mother and a wife. Finish the job seems like a really important message to the men in my life. Okay, point number two is finish the job. Okay, so during lockdown, our downstairs toilet broke down. My lovely husband, father to my lovely children, fantastic preacher, prophetic leader, is no plumber. (laughs) But he decided to fix the toilet himself. And so he set about starting the job immediately. He watched a YouTube video with a lady with painted nails and she didn't even chip a nail and she fixed it in 20 minutes. (laughs) Then he pulled the toilet apart And then he ordered some parts. And a week passed, and the toilet was in pieces. I asked him about it, and apparently he couldn't reach a tiny nut. He was looking into it. Another week went by, toilet pieces all over the downstairs bathroom. Apparently, the problem was that nut. I concur. Another week went by. He researched and found and ordered a tool to reach the nut. Another week went by. The tool came. Hurrah! Another week went by. Turns out it's actually really difficult to move that nut. It's so tight and well held in there. So he decided to give it a good strong tug regularly, and he did do this every few days. I'm sure I'm loosening the nut. Another week went by. And another, and another. Seven weeks it took to fix the downstairs toilet. And I'd like to point out there were pieces in the hallway, I think, as well. You could not use that room at all. You couldn't look at your face. You couldn't check yourself. Then he stood in the downstairs hallway. He raised his arms and declared, Yes, I am man. I have fixed the toilet. Then to prove it, he flushed it and a puddle of water accumulated at his feet. (laughs) Apparently, if you remove the cistern from the bowl, you have to replace the rubber seal between them when you reattach it. Who knew? He didn't. He knows now. (laughs) You see, starting the job is easy. But seeing it through and finishing it can often be the real challenge, right? Jesus' message is clear that it's not enough to start out with good intentions 
If the job is not finished, there will be no transformation. And it could even finish off worse than when you started. Dad joke break, Isaac. Come, come, read a, come on. It's very short. Come on, don't make me stand here. You do not want me to deliver, I'll bring it to you. <laughs> I only picked on people who can talk and can do it. I'm afraid of the calendar. Its days are numbered. <laughs> I picked the right joke for the right person, I promise you. I'm sorry for nagging. You can have two of today's man present, okay? You will want two of today's man present. So, have you ever tried to give up a bad habit, like say no to Lydia at the front of church, or change an area of your life? <laughs> It's becoming widely understood that it's never enough to remove something negative from your life. Did you know that? For great results, you need to replace the negative or bad thing with something good and positive. So, for example, Psychology Today lists these steps to change unhealthy habits. And I'm sorry, I didn't put them on the screen for you, but I'll just read them. So, this is how you change unhealthy habits. One, identify the habits you want to change. Makes sense. Two, look at what you're getting out of it. Identify what it's giving you, why you're enjoying it so much, why you keep repeating it. Number three, honour your own wisdom, which is such an American way of saying. Um, think about it. Think about it and understand that you already know the answer, probably. Four, choose something to replace the unhealthy habit. You see, this is what I'm preaching this morning. Five, remove triggers. Don't put yourself in this place of temptation. Six, visualize yourself changing. Have a vision, that is, of where you're going. Seven, monitor your negative self-talk. Stop talking rubbish about yourself and making it harder for yourselves. Eight, take baby steps if necessary. So we could sum it up as identify the bad stuff. Be honest about it. Replace the bad with the good. Steer clear of temptation. Fill your mind with good thoughts and good visions of the result. Fill your mind with right thinking and keep walking in it step by step. Oh, wait. That's how the Bible teaches us to achieve transformation as born-again believers. The Apostle Paul was transformed from being someone who killed Christians to being a Christian follower himself. And he taught on how to make the changes and finish the job. This is what he said in Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. So you've got to put off the old and then put on the new. You've got to finish the job. Then in Ephesians 4, it does go on, and the following verses go on to list things to do to replace the wrong stuff on purpose. For example, stop lying and speak the truth. Stop stealing and do honest work. Stop gossip or tearing others down verbally and... Build others up with encouragement. You see, the and is so important. And could be thought of as a new direction. And 
The second half of the transformation is the new behaviour. To finish the job of transformation or reformation of your life, it's not enough to take down and clear out all that bad stuff. You need to put in the good stuff to replace it. And I think some of us truly struggle in life because we've not finished the job. We forgot to take a new direction. We forgot the end in our lives. Sure, we stopped going in the wrong direction. Hallelujah. But we didn't turn and move in the right direction. We just stood there, stopped. I've stopped. Good for me. <laughs> okay. That joke breaking, it's a Mark one. Mark, hello? Oh dear, put them all to sleep. <laughs> She goes on about that toilet over and over I hope you've got it out of your system now. <laughs> My wife is really mad at the fact that I have no sense of direction. So I packed up my stuff and write. Give him a minute, give him a minute. It took me ages when I read that one. So I put it in there because one of you is going to get it in about five minutes, okay? <laughs> Point number three. If you don't get it, come and see me afterwards. I don't want to leave it hanging there. Okay. Point number three, and. A new decision to take a new direction, and. When we come to Christ, we become convicted of our sinful nature. We realise and choose to accept Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, which covers our sins. And we make a decision to repent, which means turn away from sin. But we have, what we're doing, sorry, not but, so what we're doing is we effectively put off the old self. That's fabulous. But what about putting on the new self? We turn away from sin. Now what? Now what? We have to commit in towards a direction, God's direction for us. Giving your life to Christ is part of an and package. And God gave me this picture for someone today. So listen up. I don't know who this is for, but I think there's a specific reason why it's this picture. The job is not complete when you strip off the old wallpaper. The job is only finished when the wall has been filled in and recovered. So to make over a room, you will strip off the old and you will fill in the holes or cracks that taking the old paper off exposed. Then you need to smooth it over and then you can apply the new covering. That's a picture for someone and I think it's much deeper for some than others. There's an awful lot of meaning in that picture, I felt. Today, God wants to fill in those cracks and holes with his Holy Spirit. And then you will know and live in the truth that you are covered with his righteousness. You are a makeover. You are a home makeover in progress. We all are. I say you, but me too. We're all a home makeover in progress. Let God fill in your gaps and your holes. Let him smooth it down. Because I don't know if you've ever filled in gaps and holes, but it leaves a big lump on the wall. You can't just put a cover over that. You'll just end up with this weird lump. You've got to smooth it down. Let him sandpaper a bit. Let him sand you down. Jesus said that his ministry ushered in God's promise of the Lord's favour from Isaiah 61. Oh, 
which includes this promise in verse 3, Isaiah 61. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. That's a promise for you. The garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. That's a promise for you. That they, us, may be called oaks of righteousness. That's manly. Oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Dad joke break. Any man who wants to come and read for me, please. Yeah, go on. Yeah, you can do this one. I don't trust those trees. They see they seem kind of shady. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's gonna make a great dad one day. Okay. Don't miss out on the and, a new decision to go in a new direction. Today's story demonstrates if we empty our heart from evil without filling it with Jesus and his goodness, evil would just rush in again to fill it and sometimes worse evil than before. In every change, both in the natural and in the spiritual, it's not enough to choose to stop something bad. The only way to succeed is to choose to start doing the good things. Because a, power, a, a positive is much more powerful than a negative in life. Light cancels out darkness. As a dog trainer, I have to uh, point out to owners that no literally means nothing. I mean, what's it mean? Nothing. Yeah, the dog will stop. They might stop for a moment. They might stop completely because of the startling, short, sharp way it's said. But it doesn't actually teach the dog to make a better choice. No means nothing. And actually what you want is a dog that makes a better choice next time and next time and doesn't always repeat that bad behaviour and need a no. A negative is not something that creates a positive response. It doesn't create anything. Dad joke break, Mark, come. Oh, okay, no, go on then, go on. We've got the best dad in the room. <laughs> you're, you're getting one of the men presents for yourself, all right. <laughs> I asked my dog that yes. two minutes. Minus two. That I asked my dog. I asked two, my dog what's, what's, two two, two? what's two minus two. He said nothing. My hand's empty, you'll be pleased to know. In dog training and in human spiritual training, real life results come from knowing what is the good and right thing to do rather than just knowing what not to do. So, what is the good and right way to finish the job of discarding evil influences from our lives? And in case you think I'm just talking about becoming a Christian and you've started to switch off, they're coming at us all the time. So can we just all get on board with that and know that we need to keep this going? This is an ongoing, ongoing thing. So what is it? What's the good and right way? Point four, be filled with the Holy Spirit. To finish the job, of, and I didn't do this on purpose because I happen to know that it's Alpha's Holy Spirit weekend this weekend, hallelujah. And I didn't do this on purpose, but this is where God took me. To finish the job of coming to Christ, we must, it's not an option, 
We have to become filled with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is not an added extra for some crazy Pentecostal Christians. He's part of the package. We cannot live the fullness of life that God intended for us until we yield ourselves to him. And all you have to say, and you can say it now in your heart, just say, God, fill me with your spirit. Let there be no empty part of me available for the enemy to take up residence in. And he will. The greatest news ever is that finishing the job is not weird or complicated. This is what the Bible says, and only a little snippet and a run through some of the things the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, verse 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So you start the job and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. John 14, verse 26, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. If you cannot remember what you read in the Bible this morning, if you are struggling, you need the Holy Spirit. He is the one. He is the part of God that brings to remembrance the things that you have learned. Romans 8 verse 26 says, the Spirit helps in our weakness. Can I be honest with you? And I'm sorry, is another sweeping generalization. Men do not like to um, admit their weaknesses and do not generally find it very easy, I think, and this may also be a sweeping generalization, but at first to step into God and his love and his uh, strength. And so I'm speaking, I am saying, guys, guys, he is there for you. And as much as you needed your dad as a child, you need Father God now as an adult. Okay? As much as, as you think you have it, he designed you to do it with him. He didn't design you to be on your own. Our Father God is the best dad ever. He equips us and sets us up for life success. God gives us his Holy Spirit to fill all our cracks and cover our weaknesses. So being filled means we're no longer empty. There's no space for demonic intervention to get involved. Being filled means job is complete. You've finished the job. Being filled means that you've actually replaced the empty void that you left by removing the bad stuff, which was a really good start. Now it's time to finish the job. The truth is that you were never uh, created to manage alone. It's not a strength to try to do so because God's ways are not human ways. God raises up, and you look around, God raises up those who lean on him, who fully rely on God. And some of the stickers over there are frogs. Frog, fully rely on God. In the Bible, we see that real men of God fully rely on God for everything. Paul was a real man of God. He went through all sorts of strange and unusual experiences and was a real man of God. He discovered this truth and this is how he taught it. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10. He said, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in what? In doing it all in my own strength. No, my, my power, God says, is made perfect in 
weakness. It's okay to be weak. We've been lied to. Men, it's okay to be weak at times. It's okay that there are weak spots, that there are weak places, because in that place, God can come in and he will change you. And those of you who don't feel weak right now, it's possibly because he's already been doing that. He's already changed you. You're already stronger. Therefore, I will boast, says Paul, all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For when I am weak, he says in verse 10, I am strong then. We were never supposed to accomplish things in our own strength. Let's think about another real man of God, David. David in the Old Testament. He even single-handedly felled a giant. Okay, he said this, Psalm 28, verse 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield, In him my heart trusts, and I am helped. My heart exalts, and with my song I give thanks to him. You know if you want help, you need to say, I need help. Yeah? It's okay. I need help, God. So to sum up, as I wrote today's passage, he gave me four points to make. And then I realized something absolutely awesome because they go together as one very clear sentence from God's heart to yours today. Here are the four points rolled together for you. An empty house, that's your soul, is a squatter's opportunity. Finish the job and be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's God's message this morning. I've talked a long time, but that's his basic message. So we're going to pray. And if you have never started the job today, you can use this prayer as a one-step start and finish job version of giving your life to Jesus. Because actually, it doesn't have to be start this week and seven weeks later, we then get the Holy Spirit. It should be start now, finish now. It should be a 20-minute job and you won't even break a nail. So... (laughs) you can make a new decision and take a new direction right now. If you pray this prayer from your heart to God, you can invite him to be the only dweller in you. And men and women who want to agree in this prayer, feel free to pray out loud along with me. It's on the screen if you can see it. Otherwise, just say amen at the end when you agree. And as each thing is said... If you agree with it in your heart, you can say yes after it as well. Give your, give your heart confirmation. Give God confirmation. Yes, in your heart, okay? That's okay, especially if you can't see the words. Okay, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I believe that you are risen from the dead and that you're coming back again for me. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. And I am committed to finishing the job you started in me. I ask you, God, to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Have your way in me. Fill every part of my thought life. And cover my heart with your breastplate of righteousness. I thank you for your strength. I thank you for your wisdom. I'm forgiven. I'm blessed. And I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. And amen means I agree. Philippians 1 verse 6 says, and I am sure of this, and this is from Lydia to you. I am sure of this that he 
who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So as you enjoy the Holy Spirit renewing and refreshing the parts that nothing else could reach, I hope you have a very happy Father's Day. And I'm going to give you a last dad joke of the day just to point you in the direction of the gift we have for every man who is here, whether they are a father or not is irrelevant because let me tell you, guys, if you are not a father, you also have a, a role in people's lives and actually you are very powerful. So um, just by being friends with someone, just by being there for someone, you fulfill a similar role for people. So don't forget to take home a very manly chocolate bar as our gift to you but it's not for girls Um, but right now (laughs) our last dad joke of the day to send you out chuckling is what kind of sweet treat is never on time chocolate okay god bless you (laughs) bye have a great day